Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. Welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. Yay! We have kind of taken a couple weeks off our normal schedule. Yeah. Um, do you know why that is? I feel like we don't have, have a really good reason. I can't remember. No? I don't remember. Okay, well, he might wake up. Yeah. So. <laughs> For those of you who are following our crazy lives as we go through this podcast, we did have our child. Well, I should say Ileana had our child. I know we mentioned that a little bit last week <laughs> when we had our podcast, or a couple weeks ago when we had our podcast with... Did you and my dad talk about that? I can't Dan remember. Dan Cook. I mean, we mentioned it. But we yeah. talk about it in great detail. But yeah, he's just sleeping here, so we'll see how far we can yeah, get. And you know, if you hear him, that is just a little glimpse into our crazy lives. We will not be having him in the room for our podcast for the most part going forward. But uh, if it happens now, you know, just a little snapshot of what, yeah. what we've been dealing with the past couple of weeks. But it's been awesome, actually. So he's a really good baby. Yeah, he's not really that fussy. No, his name is Atticus Daniel Holly. Yes. And. That's all that he has to his name. He doesn't do anything. He just has a name and sits there. <laughs> and so far. But it has been a adjustment in the Holly household. Yeah. We should talk. So I think we should tell everybody just like how that went. How it went the night we had him. Family is here. Yeah. Not everything. So but I just to, feel like people want to know. Maybe tell not. Them. Maybe they don't want to know. Tell them what you want to tell them. <laughs> I feel like I like hearing those stories. So maybe other people do too. If you don't, you can fast forward a few minutes into our podcast, I guess. <laughs> So basically, he was born on a Monday morning at like 5 a.m. 40-something. 449. 440-something, yeah. But we got to the hospital at 9 p.m. Sunday night. So if you know anything about Matt and I's lives, Sundays are really busy because we have church. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can't even remember what happened that Sunday at church, but it was busy. Didn't we have to like stay afterward? Like there was something after church that day. It was like a super busy Sunday. I think we went grocery shopping after church. We did go grocery shopping. And I remember... Think, saying to you like we have to change the day we go grocery shopping yeah. this is a lot to like be in ministry and be at church all day and then go grocery- oh we did go so out to eat like thing after thing oh yeah we had taco bell yeah. remember yeah taco bell oh, that's right because yeah anyways so. came home you were not feeling good i felt like everybody always told me sorry if this is disgusting to people who are listening everybody always told me that when you go into labor it's going to feel like you're on your period well I have always had really bad cramps, like, throughout my whole life. So, to me, it just felt like, okay, I'm like, it feels like the mild version of that. It doesn't feel that bad. But, like, throughout the day, it kind of felt like that. We still, like, made dinner. You were like, well, let's make dinner. We ended up calling our, uh, like, our midwife, our hospital, and being like, okay, is this labor? Is this not? I'm not feeling good. She called, they called us back right away and talked to us through it. She was like, just keep track of everything. Well, at this point, I feel like I could tell it was like contractions or at least I thought it was Braxton Hicks because it was like more regular. Like I was feeling the same surge of things. So it like went away when I took a bath, whatever. It was still getting worse. So I remember we ate dinner. We had spaghetti for dinner. We did. Last thing I ate. Um, <laughs> and we the we called the doctor again and she called us back and was like, okay you need to come to the hospital. Cause I think at this point it was happening every like five minutes yeah, or something. 
And I think... What's your perspective? They think they had us come to the hospital because they realized that we wanted to go to the hospital. Yeah. And they, when we got there, you could tell they were assuming this might not be... Yeah. So that's funny. So on the way to the hospital, I feel like that's when I actually was like, oh my gosh, this is labor. Like I looked at you and I was like, if this isn't labor and this is Braxton Hicks, this sucks. Because I was like holding onto the handle in the car. It was like... It was like, okay, I can't think when this pain is happening. So we get into the hospital and I didn't know this. If you don't know this about when you have a baby, when you get there, it's not like in the movies where they just like bring you back. Maybe if it was an emergency, I guess they would do that. But we're like sitting in the waiting room, like waiting to be checked in. There was another couple who was in labor before us. So they had to get registered before we could. And so they have the doctor, they have like a nurse or something come out and check on us. And she's like, is this your first pregnancy? Has your water broke yet? And they basically are like, okay, this is not that severe because your water hasn't broken. To rush her back, she can wait. Yeah, she's like, she can wait. Well, I think that nurse thought, the register thought, like, there's no way she's that far along. This is her first pregnancy. Anyways, so we end up getting back there. I'm in triage without Matt, and I ended up being, or did they check me when you were back there? Either way. And then they were like, yeah, she's going to have a baby soon. They were like, you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have a baby maybe before midnight, they said. And it was 9 p.m. when we got there. Yeah. And so we ended up staying there. We called our parents who both live like 20 hours away by car. My parents live in Indianapolis and her parents live near Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they essentially got in the car and drove through the night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. After it's all said and done, they ended up getting there just a couple hours uh, after. Yeah. Um, the baby came, but we had great friends of ours, uh, Debbie and Alfa Regala, <laughs> shout out, who came to the hospital and they stayed there with us. Debbie was there the whole time and poor Al slept in the waiting room. I know. I don't even think I've talked to him about that, uh, but it was great. So labor actually was pretty fine. I feel like. So she doesn't actually remember it clearly because it was the, <laughs> one of the worst things she ever, ever it was the worst. Yeah. But I, I mean, I remember right afterwards being like, yeah, I could do that again. So for those who don't know also, if I haven't said this, I didn't get an epidural or anything, which I didn't want to, like that was our goal going in. I did end up getting an IV that helped me like relax during contractions, but they had to break my water for me because it didn't break, which I guess that happens to a lot of people. But let me just tell you, giving birth is not anything like it is on the movies or the shows. No, it's (laughs) It's very different. Not very. Oh no! I mean, I knew. <laughs> I meant like, <laughs> I meant it's not like, for in our experience, it wasn't like, super crazy. No, I mean it's not like an episode of Grey's Anatomy where they have to call in. Yeah, or it's not like, oh my gosh, we're not gonna make it to the hospital, or like, oh no, oh my gosh, like those stories of people having their baby like in the car on the way to the hospital are either they waited so so long, yeah, or they're lying because those. It's not like, it's hard to accidentally not get to the hospital. Also, I mean, we <laughs> waited a long time. Yeah, we did. The, the, the midwives were like, if you stay at home as long as you can. Like, yeah, they did tell you, us You're going to be more comfortable at home. Like, Which, I don't know. I actually was really comfortable in our hospital. I yeah, actually, well, we they were really, really great. Situation so right our now. hospital have doc- has doctors and midwives. And unless you tell them that you only want to see a doctor, the midwives will usually help you first, which we actually really liked. Yeah. Not that all places are like this, but midwives are known for being more like open to like you can move around, you can eat, you can take a shower, and they Shout let me Carol do all those things. Hospital in Westminster, yeah. Maryland. Kirsten, I'm Shout excited to, to go back and see her. The midwife from Capital Women's Health. Yeah, and it was nice that she was the one on the phone with us on the way to the hospital, and then she was there, and 
because of the time we got there, we had the same shift of people the whole time up until he was born. Yeah. So from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., so nice. it was like the same group of people, which was yeah. really awesome. Yeah, even the facility, like I had a place where I could sleep. I didn't have to like sleep on the floor or in like a chair. Yeah. Was nice. Were you comfortable? I mean, as comfortable as one is on a pull-out <laughs> couch, couch thing. But yeah, no, it was good. And it's fun. We had friends that just had a baby literally oh, yeah. couple, two weeks before, two and a half weeks before we did. They went to the same hospital. They had the same nurses. They had the same midwife. So like, that's just yeah. kind of fun. And so then we get back home. Our parents are here now. They got to come there. Well, we were in the hospital for a couple of days because when you have a boy, they have to do the circumcision, which yeah. poor little buddy. He was fine though. Yeah, he's a trooper. So we ended up coming home and my parents stayed here in the house with us for almost two weeks and your parents were at the Farragut's house. Yeah, they stayed um, there. For a while. And so that was really nice, I think, to have them. But Yeah, it was just fun because, you know, both our parents have had kids, obviously. So Yeah, that's just, true. It was just nice to have, a lot of it was helping hands. Like, yeah. your dad was doing a lot of the dishes and our moms are doing a lot of the cooking and you know, my dad's just helping around things around the house and yeah. all that stuff. And it's just kind of nice because um, you could tell they were letting us figure out how to do it. Yeah. Like, okay, we have a baby. I didn't feel like they were like no, they were just, overbearingly helping us. It was really, it was like perfect. I mean, they they were just helping us when we asked them questions. Like, hey, what do you think about this? How should we do this? Because they were just trying to let us figure it out. But there was just nice Teaching to us how to swaddle him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just nice to Kage have him there. does that the best. So They were helping us. Uh, hold them and stuff while we would sleep a little bit and things like that yeah by the time they left i felt completely fine with not having help anymore like i was like yeah i feel confident that we can do this on our own and we have been and we are yeah which is awesome and And yeah i was just gonna say for our listeners too like the biggest thing i think me and you have talked about this whole time is like how much easier it is when you have the lord well i guess i don't know what it's like to do things without the lord but i think that's the whole point of what we've been talking about like in the middle of the night when you're sleep deprived, like the fact that me and you can communicate well with each other and like look at him and be like, okay, whether we're laughing in the middle of the night, crying in the middle of the night, like confused, <laughs> yeah, like don't know what's going on. Like we know that the Lord is sustaining us and like has called us to do this and has called us to be parents. And so, um, like, I mean, even in the hospital, right? Like all the nurses and staff that were there came into us and said like, We've never seen a husband and wife not be mad at each other and like get along as well as you guys did during labor. And I'm like, well, that's because of the Lord. Like, yeah. why else would we be like doing that? Because if we, I don't know, I'm like in the middle of the night when I'm sleep deprived and don't know what's going on. If we didn't have a good marriage that was like built on the Lord, well, that'd be like, that would be the hardest thing well, you in know, the world. I was just thinking about, you know, it makes sense why people get divorced. Yeah. You get frustrated be, with over yeah. children, things like that, or even the little things like money issues. Yeah, bills are coming in. Like this we just so had to buy more baby stuff. Yeah, like I, all this stuff adds up. And yeah. if you are only in a marriage until you fall out of love with someone, or your frustration with them grows to a point where you need to be out, then of course you're gonna get divorced. It doesn't shock me at all. The divorce rate is teetering yeah. over fifty percent. Um, so it makes sense. Yeah. But now that we've lost half of our uh, listeners due to our birth story. <laughs> Um, just kidding. But no, it's been a great experience. Atticus is one month old today. Yeah, he is. I took a picture, but I haven't posted it. I don't think it's a very good picture. Not Instagram worthy. We can post a picture tomorrow with a... On our podcast. New photo. I don't know. Here you go. Check it out. No, but we really just wanted to update you guys on that. And we do have something that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And before we talk about that, though, we 
are going to start getting back into the podcast our normal oh, yeah. schedule every two weeks. Um, this Hopefully. episode is going to come out. Um, Who knows when? On a Friday. Oh, okay. It's gonna come, today's Thursday. It's going to come out on a Friday. Um, and then the next episode will come out not a couple days later on a Tuesday, but the Tuesday after Tuesday. Thanksgiving. So whatever. Yeah, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. That oh, will be it's our... Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. That will be our first episode back to normal. And then we'll go from our... Do our two-week thing from there. So, yeah. So today, for the rest of the podcast time, before a little man wakes up... Yeah, I'll see how long he lasts. <laughs> let's... Um, I want to talk about your sermon. So Matthew had the privilege of preaching on Sunday this week and by far was the best sermon I've heard you preach and by how many people came up to me this was kind of like one of the first times where you've preached before here at our church like since we've been married but mm-hmm. it was awesome to like get to be your wife and hear everybody come up to us and That's say sweet. like oh he did so good and like people telling me like thank you so much like he that was so moving he did so good like I don't even know if you noticed people talking to us last night at the prayer meeting and like I know, yeah. they were looking at me being like that was so good. It's a like, hard it's line cool. to, to balance, right? Because you want someone who's a preaching or a pastor, you know, we understand that everything we do is for the glory of the Lord. So when we're preaching, that's for the Lord to have preeminence. But at the same time, you know, you want to let people express their gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to take that away from them because for them, they want to be encouraging. So when someone, and I'm learning that because my gut reaction right now is I need to avoid pride and put on humility so every time someone comes and says something good about me i'm just gonna be like hey no i just it's not me it's lord but at the same time you want to let people express their gratitude right because to them it's also a gift well and that's a gift to me to hear them say that you did something like you spoke into their life like for me as your wife that's exciting it's a gift to me as well you know it's encouraging there's days in ministry where everyone is just (laughs) kicking you while you're down so (laughs) when there's other days that aren't that way um, it's, it is encouraging because we know that the labor we do is not in vain. Yeah. And my, the biggest encouragement for me was after is not hearing people, you know, oh, good job. It was hearing people say, you have no idea how the timing of that message was so important in my life. Yeah, that's true. I've been that's dealing good. with this and then you preached on this and it's clear that this was a message from the Lord. And yeah. that is a, is a testament to God's power, uh, yeah. not mine. Cause I, this is a passage that God's been working on in my life for months. Yeah. And I thought I have to be, this is what the Lord wants me yeah. to preach. So th- the whole timing of all this is, is of the Lord, which is yeah. just, you know, how he works. So let's talk a little bit about it. So basically you talked about how in the world, right? People pleasing is what we would, it's, it's called people pleasing. It's yeah. how we label it. But in scripture, God talks about the fear of man. So let's just dive into that. Yeah. So essentially the sermon was titled something. Of, I'm trying to remember what it was along the lines of overcoming the fear of man. Yeah. And we have this issue in our culture, in our day of being people pleasers. And I kind of started the sermon. Maybe we can clip it in the show notes. People want to listen to it. But I started the sermon almost in a silly way, listing some character traits and some descriptions of people. Yeah, do you have, can you remember any? Yeah, I mean, like, you can't say no to things. You always have to say yes. You're concerned about the way uh, others view your performance you say sorry too um, you much. You say sorry too often. I'm, and I listed these 10 things. And yeah. I said, if, if you found yourself uh, saying, this kind of sounds like me or, or, or anything to any of these 10 things, according to psychology today, you might be what we call a people pleaser. And so we went from that to say, you know, people pleasing is, a, is kind of a, it's a big deal. We don't, we don't know what to do with it as Christians. But the Bible speaks heavily to this issue. Mm-hmm. It's not called people pleasing. It's called the fear of man. 
And the passage we are in is Proverbs 29, 25, which says, the fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Yeah. And so essentially, what we wanted to do, what I wanted to do is walk through how, first off, what is the fear of man? Um, look at how it is a trap, and then how do we overcome the fear yeah. of man? Um, and pro- the book of Proverbs isn't preached often. It's a hard book to preach. Yeah. So <laughs> that was challenging, but it was it was definitely a blessing. Yeah. So, so what so what is the fear of man looking from the biblical perspective if we know people pleasing and psychology has like all these characteristics about it and we often can look at ourselves and be like oh yeah I think I'm a people pleaser like I've known my whole life that this is something I've struggled with. Yeah. Well, what do I look for in scripture? Where do I find it in scripture? Like we know that this is a bad thing, but what exactly is it or what is we what we say it is from a biblical perspective? Yeah, I mean fearing man it's hard to it would be hard to put it into just a little box but if we were going to say what is the fear of man it is anything that takes us away from fearing god mm-hmm. or trusting in the lord um, which is why the proverb works so well because not only is trusting the lord the solution to fearing man but the problem of fearing man is you don't trust in the lord yeah so i, I kind of walk through a couple examples we can hear our son right now he's squirming over there we might have to pause this podcast <laughs> and hit play in a minute but um one of the things we talked about is the fear of man uh, produces kingdom cowardice, which was the, I guess that was the second point I made. But the first point I made was that the fear of man confuses our worship. And I think those are oh, yeah. those are two two major things. And, and what I mean by confuses our worship, it, I, I kind of illustrated how when we are concerned about how we worship the Lord, how we sing, and how people hear us, um, and we're no longer worshiping yeah. God, we're worshiping man. And that's or, fear yeah. of man. Or even think about, I know you talked about worship, but even think about like, this would be the same category, right? Like, how are we praying? Yeah. Are we worried to pray? Like we do a prayer night where we all pray out loud. And I feel like often yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do am we, I doing? Or Do we plan out what we're going to say yeah. in our prayers so that we sound holy to others? Or are we that's fear of man. Worried about reading our Bible so that we can post it on social media yeah. or like all of those things. And then one of the other you know major things we talked about is what fear of man produces and how it can corrupt the church. Yeah. Um, it, it starts out with simple ways, right? It confuses our worship. It goes from there to the churches putting on events just to be friendly in the community and not actually pursuing a mission that they've been given by the Lord. Um, from there, we start kind of looking at uh, the doctrinal statement. You know, there's certain things in our doctrinal statement that aren't really loving. Like, it's not loving to say marriage is between one man and one woman, according to mm-hmm. the culture. And then, you know, because of pressure of culture and the government, we decided... You know, maybe we're just going to get rid of some of those things. And it goes from one place to another. It's a very slippery slope, but it starts with confused worship. And next thing you know, you're part of a church where they don't believe sin is real. They don't believe uh, biblical marriage is real. They don't believe sanctity of life is real. They don't believe God's mm-hmm. word is predominant, is true, it is sovereign, is holy, um, instituted by God. And that is the slope. None of these churches, these really progr- liberally, uh, theologically liberal or progressive churches started out that way. Yeah. Uh, none of these seminaries like Princeton and Harvard and Yale and all these uh, once great biblical training grounds, none of them started um, where they are now. They, they just let fear of man slowly creep in. Fear of man dictate their worship instead of God. And that's what brought them to where they are today. Mm-hmm. And the challenge I had was this could easily happen at our church. Yeah. Um, Cause pastor Wally, pastor Keith, the elders, the leaders in our church, they cannot choose to keep us from fearing, uh, keep us from fearing man. It has to be done on an individual level. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is by trusting in the Lord. And the second thing I brought up besides 
Um, I think we might have to pause for a second to see how our baby's doing. We'll be pause. right back. <laughs> All right. We're we back. back. Our baby is fine. Let's see. Maybe he'll sit there. We're not going to tell you how many days it's been since we took the break, but. Well, now, now I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we talked about the whole idea of fear man and how it essentially I guess what what were we talking about? I forgot. <laughs> so Matt was preaching this oh, Sunday yeah. and we were talking about your sermon. So basically, what yeah. does the fear of man do? We talked about how it hinders our worship. Yeah, you had a better phrase worship, than that confuses our worship. And it produces kingdom cowardice. Yeah. This idea that the work we do for the Lord, the work that we're called to do, is hindered by our fear of man. So like when we evangelize yeah. or when we don't evangelize um, because yeah. we're worried about what the situation might look like or how awkward it might be or, or whatever, um, that's fear of man. Uh, and that's just not what we're called to as Christians. We're called to something greater, which is the end of that proverb. Um, he who trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Mm-hmm. Safe from what? Um, everything. Safe from the fear of man, from fear, from anxiety, from shame. Not that those things don't exist in the believer's life. Um, but trusting in the Lord frees us from the grip that those things have on our lives. Mm, yeah. And that grip comes from a place when we are fearing man instead of fearing God, instead of trusting God. Yeah. And so my my exhortation, my challenge, my encouragement to the congregation was this church cannot be a place where we let the fear of man creep in. It has to be a place where we decide to trust in the Lord. Right. Because if we don't trust in the Lord, we have no hope of finding that freedom from those things. Right. You know, we're, we're Christians, right? We're free from the bondage of sin, but as people who still sin, we often run back to those things. And so the best way to rid ourselves of that is, is not something we can do ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to trust in the Lord. Trust yeah. in the Lord that he has done all that is required. Uh, he will bring all the peace that is needed. He will bring all the freedom from shame that yeah. we could possibly experience. And, and good. And the cool thing about that too is like you said, like we're not doing that. It's not something we do ourselves, right? Trusting in the Lord yeah. automatically assumes that there's a relationship with the Lord where we're given the Holy Spirit, right, to help us with that. So we're not left to our own devices. Like, I feel like me and you have talked about that a lot and just, like, parenting now, too. Like, yeah. in the middle of the night when I need to trust in the Lord to, like, trust that he's going to be okay sleeping or, like, you know, all of these things. Um, or just to, like, sustain us throughout the day. Um, that's not something I just am left to do and hope for. Like, it's not like this wishful thinking, like, oh, I hope I trust in the Lord today, right? It's mm-hmm. like a... No, we're actually given the tools necessary to be able to do that. Um, And I think you talked about that a little bit in your sermon, but. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And one of the things we, I tried to end with was, you know, okay, how can we trust in the Lord? Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly it's three things. One, we have to understand that God is trustworthy. He is the most trustworthy person. Amen. Yeah. Um, Two, he actually cares about us. Like he's the creator of the universe. Um, He created all things that exist. He holds all things together at the same time. He actually cares. And the third thing was that we know how the story ends, right? Yeah. You look at the end of Revelation, we see that God's making all things new. It's a complete reversal. If you look at Revelation 21, it's a complete reversal of what happened in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned, God had to re- leave their presence. But instead, in Revelation 21, it says God has made his home with man again. Yeah. And it's like, wow, look at what happens when all things are made new. There'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. Um, so we, we know what the end holds. We know the promises of God, um, but we have to trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part. 
Um, so the, the challenge was, okay, you know, that just because we understand those things, it's still hard. Mm-hmm. So one thing we have to do is we have to know what the scriptures say about God because we can't understand the promises of God. We can't understand God's character unless we know who he is. Yeah. And two, we have to pray that prayer. Lord, help us in our unbelief. You know, right. Help us <laughs> to trust you. Yeah. And so that's kind of what it, what it comes down to. Yeah. It's awesome. We didn't think of a challenge for this episode, but I just oh. thought of one. Go for it. So it's going to be Thanksgiving. Oh, great. So do something around Thanksgiving where you're sharing the gospel or talking about your faith or doing something along those lines that would go against your comfort zone. So like getting out of the fear of man, right? Part of trusting in the Lord is that you would have to do something out of your comfort zone and trust that the Lord's going to, one, give you the strength to do that, um, allow you to have that conversation, right? Praying for opportunities to have those conversations. I found when I pray for opportunities to have conversations, right, they happen. Mm -hmm. So like pray around Thanksgiving if you're going to be with family or friends or something, even if they're believers, Yeah. right? There's definitely opportunities right. every day oh, absolutely. for us to cast aside the fear of man instead of trusting the Lord, which yeah. is going to take prayer. Yeah. It's it doesn't, I mean, I guess it, I was thinking along the sides of like lines of evangelism and like sharing the gospel, but I guess it doesn't even have to be that. Like Certainly I fear be. man in every area, not just sharing the gospel, right? Yeah, there's a lot of Maybe that's just me, but. <laughs> no, I think it's more people than, than we realize. Yeah. But it is a... The reason the proverb calls it a snare, and I guess we can probably end with this, is it is very destructive. Um, it will ruin your life if mm. you live your whole life fearing man instead of trusting the Lord. Yeah. Um, it will ruin your relationships. Uh, it will ruin churches. It has. It does. It will. Um, but he who trusts in the Lord shall be safe. That proverb is very timely, and it's all over Scripture. Uh, we don't have time to get into all of that. Yeah. We'll have to link the sermon in the show notes. Cause yeah, I just, you should. I just mentioned a lot of the Scriptures where... We see God promise how destructive fear of man is. Yeah, but also which promise is good. how trusting in the Lord keeps you safe. Yeah. So if you can hear, our baby is again fussing. Just another glimpse into our life, but we're ending the podcast anyway. So we are gonna start releasing these again every other Tuesday, back to our normal schedule. So maybe we thank we'll you. do it when our grandparents are here. Oh, there he is. Maybe we'll do it when grandparents are here to be able to watch it. Yeah, we can record. <laughs> we'll put them outside and I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> so, Don't report us. Matt was joking. Yeah. Welcome to the little glimpse of our lives now. We're excited to be doing the podcast again. We're going to keep this up, and we look forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.